You don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. And I'm cramped. And I have a migraine. Okay. Jeez. It's not all about winning, Rochelle. <laughs> I didn't think I was winning. I feel like I'm losing. Okay. On that note, we'd like to welcome everyone back. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes when they're released. Also, remember to join the Facebook group. Join the group. Join the conversation. That's YDSA. Actually, no. It's You Don't Sound Autistic, YDSA on Facebook. We'd like to welcome listeners from all over the United States and all over the world. And to all the new people on the Facebook group, welcome. Welcome. Also, check out YouDon'tSoundAutistic.com for episode show notes and links to reference materials in episode posts. Check out the Brain Hugs or the shop to find the products we use to manage our daily lives. And for our new listeners. You Don't Sound Autistic is a mental and emotional health awareness podcast. Each week we do our best to represent both neuro perspectives and talk about the continual discovery process of life on the spectrum. Our goal is to illuminate, uncover, and transparently discuss Life with multi-diagnosis through a multi-generational neurodivergent lens. We follow an open, unscripted, conversational format that represents the real life back and forth of communication and collaboration. Even if you aren't raising the next generation, you'll find the comparison of the age groups helpful in seeing the more hidden patterns in the DNA of your lifestyle and lineage. Perfect. Unscripted. I got nothing to say. <laughs> um, actually, I was going to go to a post. Some of the, like my news and pop minute are going to be like not very poignant or timely because we've missed the last two weeks. Has it been two? I thought it was one. Oh, I guess. Well, whatever. feels like it's been two weeks. Um, so I was going to read this Facebook post from Chris. So just so you know, if you post on Facebook, um, we might talk about what you talk about just to uh, get the conversation started. So well, And continue the conversation because there are so many more people out there that are not yet in the group that could uh, be listening that have some um, helpful things to contribute. That's right. That's right. Contribute. This is your show too. We want us, We want everyone to contribute. Um, so, all right, I'm going to read this post here. Okay. I know the entire podcast is an interaction between NT and ND people. Of course, that's neurotypical and neurodiverse for those that are not first in that, uh, type of language. Sure. But I have, a. that's not what he wrote. That's me just adding a bunch of crap. Uh, but I have a lot of questions about how to successfully communicate with NT people when I am not Okay. Maybe an episode about how to deal with arguments or fights with people you care about. FOF. Fight or flight. Fight or flight. There you go. Fight or flight takes over as soon as I notice my girlfriend is upset, even if it's not with me. I can get to a point where I'm saying or doing things I wouldn't normally do and I can't remember it afterwards. These things are way worse than the initial reason for arguing. 
I don't know how to explain to people I care about when I am not okay. I will say not okay. St- oh, I will say not okay stuff. And I don't know how to not be this way because I usually won't remember how harsh my words were. So can you relate to this, Rochelle? Yeah, I actually wondered, like, when I read this post, I was like, wow, is he reading my journal? I mean, this is so similar to some of the direct experiences you and I had when, when we were going through those years we've, we've talked about in the past and, and I'm on the other end of it. So I appreciate how well Chris articulated this exact challenge um, that he's having, because I, I don't think it's just him. I think it, and it, and it may not even be just because it's neurodivergent versus neurotypical. What it, he, I think he was correct in saying his fight or flight takes over and, and that he, can get to a point where he's saying or doing things he wouldn't normally do. And the key point being, he doesn't remember it afterwards when this would happen between us. He didn't, he said he didn't remember how harsh his words were. Not well, he, he said remember. both and I can't remember it afterwards. And then he'd also say, I usually won't remember how harsh my words were. Okay. And, and those were almost exact conversations that you and I would have. So I was, I was very, it was very intriguing to read this post because like Blake and I have been there. Holy cow, we've been there. I mean, I just remember night after night being, do you remember what you said to me? And you're like, no, I don't. And I'm like, I do. And I could repeat it back because I was still very hurt by it. And I, we didn't know at the time how to deal with these exact challenges that Chris is bringing up. Um, So we just, we just fought it out. I mean, it wasn't healthy (laughs) what we did. You know, we just... We just battled. You're picking on the neurodivergence, Rochelle. No, I well, I think you were, I think you were taking advantage of. Well, it, this is where we get into the whole thing. If we're taking this point by point, and looking at it from the point of view where both people in this moment have total control over their emotions and the moment then we could sit here and break this apart and say, this is how it should have done, how it should have gone. This is what you should have said. But that premise is not accurate for a situation in, in our world. I mean, what he's describing is a moment in time where his brain chemistry just takes over and the fight escalates. And before he knows it, it's even worse than, He's consciously aware, and that's similar to what you experienced. I wonder, after reading this, if Chris is also dealing with ADHD, like the bottle rocket temper. I can't remember what he said. His um... Chris, you can chime in on the Facebook group when you hear this and let us know. Um, or, you know, you don't have to, but um, I just what the reason I ask is because one of the proponent proponents, one of... Shell's printer just freaked out. And it's making so it's making off. noises. Um, son of a bitch! Things scary. Um, what was I saying? You wondered if um, Chris has ADHD, and I don't. I don't remember if he said that was something he was working through. But it does sound like a bottle rocket temper response. But one way or another, it sounds like. Um, well, I had a point to that. Sorry. Go ahead. So, because with that, it's like you explode and then you're like, oh man, I feel good. Like you feel like, I don't know, like 
you're like, I got it all out. Like, is everyone okay? <laughs> <laughs> Did everyone make it out okay? And and of course, the answer usually is, the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, no, no. I'm over here bleeding and scarred and and the harsh words that you used to say, I mean, I, I they would just reverberate in my ears and like, I just felt like I had to sit and take it. And it felt a lot like verbal abuse. And yet... I would sit there and go back and forth in my mind and be like, is this verbal abuse or is he melting down? Like, is this a meltdown? Because because you're not a child and this is happening to you as an adult, our frame of reference for how to classify this is so based on the assumption that you have the capacity to handle your emotions without melting down. So... You know, there you just everything just feels so traumatic for for both parties. But when you look at it through an actual autistic or neurodivergent lens, then you're like, wait a minute, there's capacity. Like we we need to dial this back and look at this totally different. And I appreciated the way he brought up his fight or flight response because that's exactly what happens. Even if it's the bottle rocket temper, that's just a fancy way of saying he detected a threat and he, I think he said, how do I successfully communicate with people when I am not okay? So he's able to identify that he's not feeling well. I think for me, the number one thing is, um, as far as advice, Mm -hmm. uh, I find that one of the tougher things would with uh, me and Rochelle was like, if I knew, if I had the capacity in my brain to like stop a fight because I knew that I was going to like, I'm like, okay, a career ender is coming. And when I say career ender, that meaning I'm going to say the most fucked up thing I can, that my brain can come up with to end the fight. Mm -hmm. And, um, my response would normally be to walk away. But then sometimes Rochelle would be like, Oh, you're going to walk away. Yeah, it would actually piss me off more because I would feel so helpless already. Like I had no chance. I, I always felt like I was defending myself about uh, against some irrational, like almost ludicrous conclusions you were coming to. And I'm sitting there trying to pick, like figure out how the hell we got into a fight. What are we actually arguing about? What are the baseline emotions? And by, before I can figure any of them out, I'm just like, now I'm defensive and I'm and you walking away to prevent a career ender didn't feel like helpful. It felt like you were just continually in control of the entire event and that I was once again just That's the thing. Helpless. When you're in that moment, you're you're out of control. But that's the that's and I agree. And with when you're going through this and you don't know what's going on. I didn't have, we didn't have the words. We didn't have the word meltdown. We didn't have the word burnout. We didn't have the word autistic. We didn't have any dialogue. We didn't have any understanding. We had no baseline to manage the underlying reasons why everything was getting out of hand. And so then it just became this, how do I regain control of this very frightening situation? And I never felt like I could. Okay. But, uh, okay, so knowing what you know now, if we got into a fight and I was like, I need to walk away, what would you do now? 
Or would that still piss you off? No, I mean, I have, I, it wouldn't piss me off at all because now I would understand that this wasn't about you trying to maintain control of the situation. This would be about you recognizing, you know, your neurological, I don't want to say it like that, but like, like your, your needs, like before you weren't aware of your needs and everything just kind of splattered all over me. And it was kind of always my fault and Sorry my responsibility, <laughs> but now here's a tissue. Thank you. When you take responsibility and you have your own language and you can say, well, I am at my breaking point. It's not just like I'm going to walk away so I can, you know, say this really hurtful thing and leave you with it. I'm not saying that that's I'm saying I know that something bad is coming and I can't think straight. And so my advice, as I was going to say before I was so eloquently interrupted. I think I was interrupted, but go ahead. What? No, I was in the middle of saying that I was I was going to give advice. I'm in trouble now. I should walk away. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, well, tell me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but my advice would be to when you're not fighting, like just like a normal time to, you know, sit down with your girlfriend or anyone else listening, sit down with your significant other and and tell them that there are going to be times when you need to walk away from a conversation and not to be upset by that because you're doing it for the betterment of the relationship yeah that's so you can come back later when you're calm right and and have a rational discussion because sometimes we're not in our quote-unquote right mind but that's well, there's a lot of discussion about whether or not you need a diagnosis and the benefits and uh, the pros and cons of a diagnosis, and we can debate that separately. But one of the benefits of knowing, even if it's just a suspected diagnosis, but if you if you have an idea that your brain works in a different way, it it's then you can have those types of conversations because it's not like we didn't we didn't. We, in the mornings, every single time we'd, we'd have one of those fights, the next morning would be almost identical too. It would it would be, hey, I'm sorry about last night. You know, I didn't mean to say, I didn't mean the things I said. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. You know, I'll try not to do it again. And then, you know, 15 hours later, we were rinse and repeat in the exact same moment all over again. So it's not like we didn't stop and have those conversations. It's just we also didn't understand why they were happening in the first place. And that's what I think... But if someone's listening to this podcast, then they do probably have some idea. Well, okay, so that's fair. But I'm just saying, do you think that that's good advice that I gave? I, no, I agree. I, I think it's great advice, and I think, I think it puts everyone in a better place than we were to be able to say, you know, I suspect or I am autistic or I ADHD, and I just I have my I have different needs. You know, like I need to process this differently, or I just can't understand what you're saying, or my feelings are just really big right now and I need a chance to calm down and even I didn't have the words to express how helpless I felt and how much of a doormat I felt and so neither one of us having the words meant that even though we tried to come together in the off time and build a bridge we weren't really building a bridge out of brick we were just saying hey I'm trying you know and and to some that the extent that was good enough to get us through it but it didn't help us make a ton of progress. Have you ever seen a brick bridge before? I was thinking of the blocks that I used to build 
with Declan. But now that you say that, yeah, no. <laughs> Sounds unstable. Yeah, okay, fair point. But um, Sorry, that's my brain it's okay. Going hey, to I'm the literal sense of what you're talking about. I know what you're saying. You're like a strong bridge, but I'm like, I think a brick bridge would fall apart. Yeah, well, you know, minutes before the podcast, I couldn't think of the name for the... Oh, Surge Protector. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, thanks. A Protector of Surge. Yeah, I I couldn't. I kept calling it something else for the... Like, we got to plug in the damn speaker. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. My word recall tonight is challenging. It's excellent. Thank you. Yep. Um, well, one of the other things that comes to mind when you talk about successfully communicating with other people when you're not okay is just being able to say that sentence, just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm not okay right now. You know, I'm not okay. I, I am not in a place to have conversations. I, I'm easily set off. I think the more we can connect to how we're feeling and instead of going point for point because that's what you and I used to do too is we'd get in arguments over dinner for some or some stupid thing and what we failed to talk about every single time was the underlying reason why we didn't feel well or that we didn't feel well and that we ended up in this battle over the specifics that had nothing to do with how either one of us felt and so we were never actually solving the correct problem if we'd stopped and just said, wow, I'm I'm feeling overstimulated. And I would say, well, I'm feeling really triggered. And, you know, I'm hypersensitive to the things you're saying because I'm feeling like this. If we actually stopped and talked about what we were feeling and why, one, we would give ourselves a bigger opportunity to show each other and ourselves compassion. But two, we could actually be talking about the real challenge, not whatever insert problem here took the place and the brunt of the fight. You know what I mean? Because we weren't solving the right problems. Okay. We weren't even talking about the right problems. Right. Well, fights typically stem from other places. Yeah. Like you're fighting about a dish in the sink, but it's really more about what have you done to my youth? Right. It's more about feeling overwhelmed and not feeling like you're getting enough support and a variety of things that stem from that very same place. And whether you are neurodivergent or neurotypical, you can be overstimulated and you can be overwhelmed. Now, the process in which those those feelings express and 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 how you can respond in those moments varies a great deal. But everybody can be overstimulated and overwhelmed. And and everyone can have an overstimulated fight or flight response with or without a diagnosis and with or without neurodivergence. But the, the aspect of neurodivergence adds communication challenges, right? Because right. you're either going too fast to think clearly or the moment is escalating too fast for you to process it and participate in it. So then you just become rigid and you shut down or you fly into anger and a meltdown. Right. And then that takes over and then you have plenty to say. Yeah. And then none of it's constructive. And then before you know it, it's destructive. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I relate to this a lot. Your question, do I relate to this? Yes. I relate to this a lot. <laughs> okay. 
What else do we have to talk about? Um, one of the things that I thought about as you were reading this is, um, you know, we've been working through a variety of transitions with Declan and I'm being taught this concept of priming. Um, and it's basically where you just, you can kind of see where you're headed for the rest like, okay, I, I need to get out and do this errand and that errand. And so instead of taking for granted that the other person that you're with, like has the capacity to do that with you, you start priming them ahead of time being like, okay, in setting expectations, like this is where I need to be. And this is how we need to do it. We're not going to grab a cart today. We're going to grab a basket and allowing Declan time to process his expectations of like what the transitions are going to look like means that he doesn't inadvertently create an image of what that experience is supposed to look like and then fixate on it and then throw a fit when it doesn't happen. So it comes to mind in terms of this as well, because it feels like the concept of priming could be easily translated into something like this, where you're just coming home and going, whoa, I'm coming home. You know, the first thing, hi, how are you? I am really not okay right now. You learned to do this too. And it made a big difference. Like I need to go take 30 minutes to myself. Like I'll be back in a little bit. I'm, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not in a place to talk or I'm just, I'm really overwhelmed. And when you would take that time and then come back down after I would, then I, you were priming me. Like I, I think that's because, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way. Your mm. mouth doesn't always have an off button. <laughs> Well, because I had expectations that you were coming home with capacity, like you were coming home with the ability to join me in the nighttime activities and work and collaborate with me. And I was ill prepared for where you actually were. I'll join you in some nighttime activities. (laughs) Like dishwashing and laundry folding. If that's what it takes. Sweeping the floor. I'll sweep you right off your feet. (laughs) Right, so we have different interpretations of how the night was going to go because we didn't coordinate those things. We just kind of had expectations and in the little places where they started to go awry, we didn't know how to come back together. So, Right. Sorry, I got thrown off. Someone was calling me. Who calls me? I don't get any calls. Well, that's okay. Um, So I thought, what else about his comment kind of rung true for you? Oh, I mean, like I was, I was reading it like I wrote it myself. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Little foff. <laughs> a little flight or fight. Yeah. What'd you call it? Flight. I, fight or flight. There you go. I did it back. Foff. I like to call it foff. Okay. From now what? on, I think we should call it foff. It'll be like a thing. We'll make foff t-shirts. Because it's really F-O-F-F-F-F-F, remember? There's a bunch of Fs in there. I know. Foff. There you go. Um, what advice would you have? You asked me, but I'll I already ask. I already gave advice. Well, okay, but not just to that point. But you said talk in the off times, like when you're down regulated. But yeah. But what when he said specifically, how do you successfully communicate that you're not okay? Let's just take that piece. Like in the moment, you're not okay. How do you express that? Because that's not something you're the only one in your body. I you're I'm not always going to know. Pee on the person that'll tell him. Okay, well, that's counterproductive. <laughs> How about a nice fit B? No. 
Well, how else can you communicate that you are not okay? Um, I'm thinking. I mean, can't you just tell the person? Like you said. But how would you do it? Because there's, I, I can think of several ways that you could potentially tell me that it's just going to anger me. But if, uh, if, if the other person understands that you are going to have moments where you're not okay. But, okay, but how you communicate is, so um, nuanced communication, right? Not the verbal. We're not nuanced. That's my point. So tone of voice is going to still be a factor. Even if you're not a nuanced person, the tone of voice you choose, the words that you choose, the timing of when you say it. I don't feel good, butthole, leave me alone. You can't say that. So let's just say I'm a neurotypical and you're a neurodivergent and I'm believing that, that you have control over nuanced communication. How do you communicate with me that you are where you are knowing that those, but you know, that you have a, a different. I think it's like, it's, it's, it's like overcoming your animal instinct and your like urge to, you know, want to punch someone verbally. Um, not that you even want to, but it's like, you're just trying to stop the person from talking and there's no nice way to say that necessarily. I can't talk right now. I don't feel well. I need to be like away from this conversation so I can come back and actually have a good conversation with you. Mm. So is that not good? <laughs> well, no, I, the way you're saying it, it, I mean, I can see what you're saying from two different vantage points. From one vantage point, what you said right off the bat was just, I need you to stop talking because I can't remember exactly what your word was, but like to say, cause that, that tells me that like you, you're auditorily overwhelmed. Like you can't like, I can't process anything I'm hearing right now because the way you zoned in on, you have to remember that, you know, like you'll give all this, you'll give me advice and you'll be like, you know, like for instance, like it'll be a thing to tell my boss or a job interview you know like say this 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 and this in this exact way and like unless i have a script in front of me in the moment when i'm feeling those feelings i'm not going to remember any of that so i need to get down to the baseline of it and the baseline is i do not feel well please leave me alone <laughs> yeah but and understand that that means like as lovingly as possible i need to step away so that i can write myself and come back and have an, an adult conversation with you where I feel like I can contribute. Right. And, but when you said, Oh, I can't have this conversation with you right now, which I, and I hear, I hear why you're choosing those words and, and I think they're valid, but just to tell you from my point of view, I could listen to that and instantly feel like you're not, that it's not because you're overwhelmed or, and that listening is the problem. I, it almost sounds like you're saying talking to me is the problem. No, talking to anybody. But then you can, but that's why I'm suggesting you just say that. Like, I'm not. Yeah, but maybe at the, that's what I'm saying. In the moment, you're not necessarily going to have the wherewithal to have the presence of mind to say something in the way that Rochelle would say exactly the same way. That's why I always joke around. I'm like, what would you tell me to say right now? <laughs> but that's why I'm urging my, my feedback is to, is to give, is to not try and put the, 
disclaimer in context of a conversation. Don't I, put it in context? No, I'm almost, I'm. it's more clear if you just say, I am overstim, I'm overstimulated, I can't think, I can't talk. Okay, now I know it's not because I did something wrong. Because the other way you said it, I instantly thought I did something wrong. So then I got defensive over the projection that I did something wrong. Because it, that, you know, so if you just stick to the basics, which really is just like, I can't process right now. The, the fewer the words, the better. Whatever actually describes where you are. You're like, I'm overloaded. Me not good. <laughs> 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 I come back. Yeah, it's just when when there's a pattern of fights, like, like Chris is pointing out, then there's a buildup of unfinished fights that neither party fully understand why they are happening and so in the meantime I'm trying to work out what I did wrong to cause the fight or what I think you did wrong because I don't always understand it's just you know you're just overwhelmed and so if you had just been like I am overwhelmed I I need to take some time to my whatever I'm overwhelmed give me time like the shorter it is the more I know what the actual problem is because we had so many open fights, I got lost trying to figure out what the hell the baseline issue really was. I, and I honestly didn't know what it was until we had um, someone come in and, and walk us through what was really happening. I, st- I still didn't know. Like We never got to that point where it made sense to me. So you think we're having a brand new fight because you're overwhelmed and you think I'm not respecting you. And in reality, I'm still trying to figure out the last 12 fights. So that's one of the big differences is that I'm thinking almost collectively to find a bigger problem, missing the problem altogether. Okay. So... What worked the best for us is when you'd come home and be like, I'm overwhelmed. I'll be back in half an hour. Yeah, but what if you're in the middle of a fight and you need to stop the fight before it gets worse? Can't you just walk away? I need to walk away from this right now so I don't say something I regret. Yeah, I guess that works too. It's just even, yeah... in the middle of a fight for both people, everyone's in fight or flight. Nobody's thinking it through. Everyone's feeling defensive. You need to get one of those wedding bell things. Yeah, remember? but the sound of the bell, no. I Every time you'd go to ring the bell, I felt like it was unfair that you got to choose when to ring the bell. You could have rung the bell, but you wanted to fight. I wanted to figure out what that what was happening. So That's then, the problem. So you want to keep you want to keep talking and keep like pushing through to find an answer that it, it that at the moment I'm not capable of giving you. Okay. Well, that's true. That makes sense. So you're like, let's do this. And it's like, oh, you want to do this? <laughs> because it's not going to go the way <laughs> either of us want it to go right now. Okay. Whereas, that's if, fair. whereas if we stop, I can come back and then we can have the conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, what you're saying is correct. And Can I get that in writing? I, ho- I only have it uh, uh, recorded. <laughs> say your name and say it again. <laughs> this is Rochelle, and I am saying this. 
I I get all that now. These this is wisdom I did not have when we were going through it. Okay. But I didn't have a way of telling you either how I felt triggered. What what creates a backlash effect is if there's a there's a feeling that like only your needs are being met. And so then if we end up That's not true. I'm doing when you do this, you're doing it for both parties. It's just that when your cup is, you know, my cup runneth over mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. And I'm trying to make sure your cup doesn't runneth over also. Well, I will admit that since you've been on this end of the process, you've it's been it seems like it's been a lot easier for me to voice what my needs are during the calm times and and actually have you validate them and acknowledge them where in the past what I would do the same thing and voice my side it would just seem to de-evolve into a new fight where we don't have that challenge now so you know there's a lot to be said for just continuing to work through the challenges during the off peak times yeah you got to talk to each other Right. I know I know it sucks, but you got to talk to her. <laughs> you got to do it. Him or her. Or her. Yeah. Yeah, cuz well, I mean, I was thinking specifically. But so much of the underlying challenge is about control. I mean, y- the concept of shared control is is easier when one person knows what's happening and can kind of guide the situation, but when both people are feeling out of control and both people are trying to regain control, that's when it becomes a battle of needs. And then even if you're in good nature trying to walk away for the good of it, it still feels like an escalation of a battle of needs. So that's one of the more challenging underlying things to kind of work through. It's like, is how to acknowledge each other's needs during the off time. So it's not just coming back and explaining what happened to you. It's also, you know, taking time to listen and acknowledge the other person's needs and they might not neither one of you regardless of neurotype may be able to articulate what it is that you're feeling because by nature of emotional response we don't take a lot of time and we culturally and globally we haven't taken a lot of time to really identify and name our feelings in a way that allows us to talk about them if we can't name them and identify them and talk about them we can't process them which means the next time we get triggered, we're just regurgitating those old emotions and it just always feels like you're thrown right back into the same fight and you can never box your way out of it. So the more the conversations include raw emotions, what you're feeling, what that felt like to you, what it reminded you of, like that gives more context and content to actually work with. And it can create some more bonding opportunities too because you might realize you're both feeling similar feelings. You talking about bondage? <laughs> like ball gags and duct tape? No. And lots of lube. I'm And lots of fit bees. <laughs> I'm talking about acknowledging an emotional response that seems more like a trauma bond. Emotional lube. Mm-hmm. And converting it into something that becomes more... Maybe that's what you should say. You should say, I need to go build up some emotional lubricant. <laughs> I'll be right back. L-O-O-P, lubricant? No, lubricant. Oh. 
Okay. Well, there's alcohol, a social lubricant, and sometimes you may need to make emotional lubricant. Mm. So you can come back and, and lube things up. Okay. I just like talking about lube. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> well, sometimes people need it. Okay. Well, fair point. Yeah. Um. All right. I was... Do we, what time is it? Let's see. Where are we? Yeah, we got a couple minutes. All right, quick, say something while I read this. Okay. Um, what are you reading? Oh, I was going to look. Oh, no, I hit the wrong button. Um, be, so people uh, do, um, I wanted to go over possibly some responses we've gotten on the Facebook group with people join in. And if you haven't already joined the Facebook group, we do ask three questions. Uh, when you add, when you join the Facebook group, so I was going to read those questions first. Sure. Um, where are they? Oh no, dead air, Blake. No. Okay, what are they? The admin questions, you mean? Like yeah. The questions we ask to join. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I, I think the first question is like, how did you hear about us? How did you hear about the the Facebook group? Yeah. Hold on. Oh, I guess I should, I'll just look at one of the pictures that I have. I was going to go through and, and uh, take one of the screen, here we go, screenshots. Yeah, so we ask, how did you hear about the Facebook group? How did you hear about the podcast, You Don't Sound Autistic? And what topics related to neurodiversity are you most interested in learning, exploring, and talking about? And then, of course, we ask um, if the person will agree to the rules from the admins, which is us. Mm-hmm. We're the, the sole admins. So most people find us on Spotify, which is cool. Um, so uh, a lot of I, what usually what I'll do when people join the Facebook group is I'll screenshot the because um, I, otherwise it, I only get to see it once. I'll screenshot their responses mm-hmm. so that I can go back and refer to them later, which I haven't really done yet. Um, but uh, yeah, I was gonna see. I don't know if any of these resonate. I mean, the one thing I look at them as well, and um, I think there's a lot of people that are looking for themselves as adults, late life diagnosis. Um, Some are also parents. So we hear about, you know, looking for advice on, you know, both generations. And then um, we, we talk a lot about autism and, anxiety and ADHD and depression, but talking more about OCD and, and Tourette's. I have a couple of clients with Tourette's right, uh, right now that, you know, that's a neurodivergent condition as well. Um, and so I, I'm grateful to see that we have more, um, interest in additional conditions and, and how that all plays together. So that's something that I'm working on. I was reading. I didn't hear anything you just said. <laughs> Bring, sorry. Just bringing in more information on, on a broader range of neurodivergent conditions just to help provide more content. As being, Do I sound like Zach Braff? I don't know who that is. You don't know who Zach Braff is? He was the dude from uh, Scrubs. He, was, uh, he wrote and directed and starred in that movie um, Garden oh, State. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to listen. I don't have a, my mind doesn't database sounds like that. Oh, someone, I don't, this was, oh shit. This was from July and, um, 
someone, so one of the, you know, the topics you'd like to hear about. And they said neurochemistry, brain body function, managing emotion, executive function, being an ASD adult, and a Zach Braff sounding fella telling very crude jokes. <laughs> so I was assuming that they were talking about me. Probably because. What have I ever told a crude joke on here, Lube? <laughs> you're right. You're always talking about neurochemistry. Always. Yeah, I'm talking about all kinds of chemistry. <laughs> um, that's an interesting. So brain body function. I don't. Man, you're asking the wrong person. I can tell dick jokes, but I can't talk about brain body function except for penis function, but executive there's a- function, an erection function. Okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We talked about a little bit about managing emotion. We talk, we talk a function. lot about yeah. We talk a lot about those two things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're not going to talk about that now. Well, I mean, specifically, every time, ch- every chance I get, I talk about brain chemistry and body functions. All right, I got some body functions rocking right now. Okay. <laughs> Are we talking about? But, so speaking of body functions, actually, you know, my number my one and two top two things to address in uh, in the world of neurodivergence is sleep and digestion, both of which are brain chemistry driven body functions. Yeah. How's sleep and digestion been for you lately? Um, I, I woke myself up farting the other night, if that tells you anything. Oh, that sounds uncomfortable. It was delightful. I felt bad for you, you know, for Declan. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> Good thing. He lost his sense of smell. He didn't lose his sense of smell. Yes, he has. But he definitely has a sense of humor. He didn't get that from you. <laughs> Thanks. Anytime you fart, he goes, did you fart? And I'm like, you know I did. <laughs> he doesn't let you get away with anything. <laughs> yeah, but then when he farts, he's like, I farted. He's so proud of it. He's very happy. <coughs> Plus, you must feel better after you... Absolutely. ...get a little out. Yeah. Um. All right. You know what, but in... I've been studying the um, amino acids a lot. Uh, amino acids like L-tyrosine and 5-HTP, um, GABA, which we've talked before about. And it's interesting that the connection between 5-HTP and serotonin challenges. and But serotonin and GABA can go closely together. But um, ashwagandha is another, and that's not, that's not an amino acid. I think that's an herb. But there's so many different things that you can do naturally to kind of help study your brain chemistry, but it really helps to know whether your serotonin is actually out of whack or not. Um, because it's, there's assumptions made about neurodivergence and depression and anxiety and ADHD and that, you know, serotonin uptake inhibitors and all these different things. And yet not, because psychiatry still doesn't look at the organ itself, the brain itself, you still don't necessarily know whether that's your specific issue or whether it's, you know, more of how things present. It could be completely different reasons. And so, you know, it's helpful to learn about um, nutritional psychiatry, but also like try and work with a psychiatrist that that can work within natural you know brain developing products as well as pharmaceuticals if needed I mean it just it's a broader tool belt to work with not not every psychiatrist does and the more that we hear from our listeners 
more and more of them are finding success outside of the world of pharmaceuticals because they're just getting a more well-rounded response that helps their brain chemistry better. Yeah. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Fair point. You're the smart one, Rochelle, not me. Thank you. You were supposed to jump in and say, no, Blake, you're so smart. Well, you are smart, I'm, and I, but I am too. I was just receiving the compliment because I have not always received compliments well. It was, it was a compliment meant to have you compliment me. Oh. Because I'm, I'm empty inside. Why are you empty inside? I don't know. You got to fill that up. All right. What can you fill that up? Why don't you, you throw a fit B my way then? No, that's not how you fill it up. What, what could you fill up your own self-confidence with? What could you fill up your own cup with other than overwhelm? I don't know. Happiness. What helps you to feel empowered the oh most? Oh my God. I just got a great idea. Tell me. I'm going to get a big H-A tattooed on my dick. Uh, get it? Ha-penis. Happiness. <laughs> okay, I get it now. All right. So well. I'm just going to, and then I'll just show it to everybody and I'm like, no, 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 it's not a dick pic. It's, it's happiness. <laughs> I'm going to send you a little happiness. That's hilarious. Did you hear, <laughs> honest, this, this is totally off topic, but why not? Um, I uh, I was reading that, I think it's California that out like outlawed dick pics. I had not heard that, but they would be the first to do it, sure. That basically any unsolicited, now you can still send people like dick pics, but um, they have to be, they can't be unsolicited. Wow. So my question is, who's soliciting dick pics? Yeah, I don't know. This is not a world I, I know much about. I need your consent. I'm about to. I would love to send you a picture of my happiness. <laughs> but you know what? That's actually a perfect example of priming. You're setting. Is it? Yes, because you're before you take action, you're talking about it for the sake of, um, uh, com- not compliance, but um, agreement. Like you're you're. Reaching a prior agreement, setting a mutual expectation before taking any action. That's that's so interesting the way that Yeah, that's priming. All right. Getting yeah. prior consent. Yeah. Consent's a funny thing. Because like when I was growing up, like I was raised mostly by women, you know? Yeah. And they're they were basically uh, and even women that I've dated, they're like, Don't be a pussy. Like what don't be, don't be a wuss. Like go for it. Like try and make a move and stuff. Hmm. And but in this day and age, I'm it's so confu- it's very confusing because like of you know the Me Too movement and everything. I'm like, if you try to like kiss someone and they pull away and you go, whoa, what's going on here? You know, like is that okay? Oh, I don't even. Or know. is it like you're not even supposed to do that and you're supposed to be like, may I, may I please? I don't even kiss know. your lips with my lips. I don't even know. Um. You make a good point. I think there's, I don't know. But growing up, it was women that were telling me to do this. They're like, you know, if, if a girl's interested, you got to, you, I mean, that's still pretty prevalent. Like you were supposed to be as the dude, you're supposed to make the first move. It is sexist. I, I don't know the right answer because yeah, it's like, we don't want to feel like we have to drive everything and we want to feel like we can be taken care of. But at the same time, you know, there's, it's not, it's not just black and white anymore on how that all works. So we have to find a new balance, a new middle. I don't know the answer. A new middle. What would be the new middle? And maybe it's the same concept. It's like, hey, I really like you. I'd really like to. Ki- I, I, I have had um, 
I've watched movies where they're like, hey, I really like you. I'd really like to kiss you right now. And then they can go, yeah, I like that. And then I don't feel. But not all women like that. Some women just want you to do it. I have no idea. I That is such a personal, individual response. I don't think there's one. There's. When there, I met you, I, I wasn't like, may I please touch you? No, you weren't. I just did it. Yeah, you did. You liked it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Don't yeah. forget it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I think it just as much as possible, just communicate what you're thinking ahead of time. And I think the most difficult part of that is being able to stop and know what you're thinking in the moment. And especially for, um, you know, if you're if you're feeling anxious in the moment, being able to identify how you feel is much, much easier said than done. Okay. Um, we're... You got a news minute for us? I do. I got a news minute and a pop minute, but it's old. All right. Well, so, what you got? Old news minute. <laughs> I got a couple things, actually. Okay. So, let me see. Oh, shoot. I had this. Damn it. There it is. See how long is this? Okay, I'm just gonna read this whole thing. Yeah, never mind. I'm not gonna read that one. It's depressing. NASA was in the news last week. <laughs> they sent a spacecraft to crash into an asteroid as a test to see if they can change its trajectory. That's not how you say that word. Trajectory. There we go. Impact with the asteroid was successful. You can find images of the approaching asteroid online. This particular asteroid was in no way a danger to Earth, approximately 6.8 million miles away, but it was the right size that would be trouble for us here on our little cyan planets. Or sorry, I oh shit, I fucked up. Cyan space speck. If it crashed into us, see, because <laughs> I had the alliteration in there. Mm. It will take about two months for scientists to determine if the asteroid's orbit has changed. If it has. This can mean we have the means to deflect a potential global disaster. All I could think of when I was reading about this was the movie Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Me too. And we can't just send Bruce Willis up there with his ragtan. Okay. You're rubbing off on me. <laughs> his ragtam, his ragtag team of misfits to drill and place a nuclear bomb to save us all. Another thought I had was how funny it would be if we hit this thing that was nowhere near us and deflected it. Just enough for it to head our way and obliterate the planet. Oh, shit. Whoops. <laughs> However, I read more. NASA thought of that, and the nudge was ever so slight as to keep the asteroid from changing its binary system's path around Earth and increased its chances of becoming a threat to our planet. Oh, good. So speaking of our planet, we're here in the South, and Hurricane Ian was all over the news last week. Yeah, I'm so sorry for anyone that was... Um, in the path. In the path, Yeah. Of the hurricane. I'm so sorry. People kept asking if I was, uh, if we were going to be affected. Like we my mom was like, "Are you going to be affected by the hurricane?" We were supposed to get a lot. We were supposed to get three days we straight. Got nothing. Not even a drop. Nope. We got lucky. Um. I also. This is just because we're talking about planetary stuff. I'd like to point out that Rochelle calls it. What do you call it? Uranus. You're talking about your yeah Uranus yeah. It is Uranus. It is not. Chime in on the Facebook group. Is it's it Uranus, Uranus or Uranus? Some people say Uranus. Yeah, those people are... Uh, I can't say that word. 
Those you, people are. He's been doing his little space puzzle, puzzle, and he's like, "This one's Pluto. This one's Uranus." He says it my way. Those people are dumby. Okay. Doombie. Um, Pop minute. Um, James Earl Jones is retiring his iconic Darth Vader voice. Oh wow. That doesn't mean we won't get new Darth Vader appearances in films, video games, videos, etc. It just means an a new AI program called Respeecher will be imitating his voice moving forward with a 91-year-old actor's blessing. James Earl Jones has voiced the character since 1977 when Star Wars was first created. He was credited as the voice of Darth Vader in the new Disney Plus show Obi-Wan Kenobi, even though he did not record any of the new dialogue for the part. Wow. It's almost scary. It's cool and scary at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more news, uh, more pop minute. After hosting for seven years, Trevor Noah will be stepping down really? as the host of The Daily Show. His exit date is currently unknown. Mm, that's sad. I like him. Yeah. Well, it doesn't mean he's going to, he's not dying. No, I know, but he's been, he's but maybe he'll well. go back and start, go, maybe he'll go back to do, I, I, he's, he's a good host, but I, I, I liked his stand up more than I like him as the host of that show. Oh, I like, like his stand up is really funny. Okay. Um, also in the news last week, this was a surprise. I thought Hillary Swank, the 48 year old Oscar winning actress has announced she is pregnant with twins. Wow. Good for her. And she, I think she doesn't have any other children. I don't believe so. So wow, I thought that was interesting. Cool. That's really cool. And finally, the most exciting news of all. Oh, okay. The trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie dropped on Thursday. Okay. I, for, hold your applause, Rochelle. I, for one, am curious to watch this movie. I definitely want to take Declan to see it in theaters. The movie comes out April 7th, 2023. Okay. I think that'll be pretty cool, that movie. Let's hope. It'll bring a lot of happiness <laughs> to the world. Okay. Well said. Um, what? Well said. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. That's all we have for you this week. A little bit of a shorter episode. So, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. We'll be back, but it's just, we've got a lot of crap going on, just like everyone else does. Yep. Just doing our best. Doing our best to keep this, keep this train going. Yep. All right. I'm Blake. I'm Michelle. And we'll be back. Cue the music. <laughs>